Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Amber, and we are in Acts 8, checking out Saul slash Paul. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Um, Something that really stuck out to me was this kind of idea of discipleship Mm. over in Philip was kind of on the road, and this guy is like reading the Bible. Yeah. And he's like, do you know what you're talking about? And he's like, I have no idea. How am I supposed to know if no one's here to teach me? And I love that because that's, I mean, we need people to teach us things that we don't understand. And, uh, it's, it's interesting to read over that story because I've always heard that story in the context of like, how much do we need to teach people who are being baptized? So it's like, well, Philip was just like magically placed in front of this eunuch who he didn't know at all. And he just baptized him on the spot. But something that you can see with this Ethiopian guy is that he does have a general, like he's showing a general desire to be closer to God. Yeah. Like it's, it's evident to Philip even being like, I don't know, like teleported to where this guy is. Yeah. That this guy has some desire to know and understand the work of God. I mean, he's also traveling to and from Jerusalem. So Mm -hmm. there's some indication there that he is putting the work into figuring this thing out. For sure. And he understands what baptism is and what it looks like. And he's like, hey, let's stop right here. I just want to do this. Yeah. So he obviously has the drive for it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's what I noticed. Uh, then we get this whole conversion story of Paul to Saul. It's it's very crazy. Um, Paul, or well, this is going to get confusing with the Paul Sauls. I know. But Saul is roaming around, basically like it's his main mission in life just to kill people off. Yeah. One of the things I think about a lot is that we can see pre-Christian Paul as very driven. Like Paul remains driven throughout his whole ministry. And I think sure. it's a, a pretty good example of how um, God tends to use those things that can be like most crazy about mm-hmm. us, like in really positive ways when we come to know Jesus. Because Saul is super excited about persecuting the church, and he is doing it like better than anybody. Well, yeah, and it's his re- like his religion. He's like, this is this is what we're he's like. Do. This is the way. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, and when he become like when he meets Jesus, he turns that passion into a passion to to spread the gospel. Yeah. Um, so he remains incredibly driven. It's just he's directed in a different way. Yeah, and I think something that's interesting too is how was it Ananias? Yeah, where it was was used to. Uh, so, let me get this straight. He's probably like knows Saul yeah. because he was kind of in the same line of work. Yeah, and really, his like talking to Saul at the time would have been like a big deal because, and yeah, he was scared of him too. He's like, hey. Um, I, I know that guy. He's terrifying. He kills a lot of Christians. He's a super well-known guy at this point, apparently, because Ananias is like, nope, not doing that. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about reading over the story of Ananias, kind of thinking about him and Jonah. Um, oh, they're both yeah. given like very going. scary tasks. Mm-hmm. And Jonah is like, nope, not doing that. And Ananias is like, oh, okay, God, like, I guess if that's what you want. Can you imagine if Ananias didn't go? Yeah. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a lot of the Bible. <laughs> I mean, God probably Saul would probably just be blind somewhere, <laughs> just like <laughs> just lost in the corner. No, we probably just have like yeah, other people. I mean, using I think it, there's but... probably no, there's probably no version of the story that plays out where Paul doesn't become an evangelist. Sure, yeah, um, so God would use somebody else, but you're right. Like, it's so important that he he would have gone, and maybe he would have like Noah 
had to go through some stuff and some trials while running away it's, in order to go to Paul. And I wonder if he, like Noah, was like, um, I don't really know. Like, no. Yeah. Jonah. Jonah. I said yeah, Noah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Jonah was kind of like, I don't know if I want this guy to really come yeah. around. Like, he's crazy. Yeah. He's scary. Um, but he did. And that's, yeah, that just being dedicated and being like, all right, God, you're telling me to do this. I'm gonna do it. And you see this carry out into even the, when, when Paul's trying to go to Jerusalem, they're like, Nope, this guy's super dangerous. We don't want to meet with him. And they have to actually like sneak him into the city. And then he's hanging out with the apostles. And even when he's there, people are like, uh, you mean that guy, like a super dangerous dude. When Stephen was killed and then he went on and killed like a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It's crazy to me how this guy had killed influential leaders in the church and then influential leaders yeah. in the church are expected to like sit with him and have dinner crazy. with him and teach with him. Like that's crazy. Another thing that really stuck out was the in the very beginning they were talking about um, the persecution that was going on, mm-hmm. but that there was great joy in the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that just like feels like it contradicts itself, but it really doesn't. They were full of joy. Yeah, and the church is growing and the spirit is moving and working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many people were healed. Um, yeah, and just the church is just growing and growing, and exactly where <laughs> Saul is just killing people, there's joy. It's nuts. It's weird. We also get this short <laughs> we're, we're sort of bouncing. Uh, Luke is writing this, and he's bouncing between the story of Paul and the story of Peter for some reason. Um, but we get this this conversion of Paul. And then we check in, check back in on what's going on with Peter. So Peter is going around and like doing miracles and preaching the gospel and just being incredibly influential and building the church. Um, And he actually raises this lady from the dead. Um, This lady, her name is Dorcas or Tabitha. And she is an influential Christian person in the community. And so they ask Peter to raise her from the dead and he just does. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's very crazy. There's a there's a lot of people that are raised from the dead in the Bible um, that are not Jesus and Lazarus. Lazarus, but right. we like sometimes miss. I don't know. Like it's kind of funny that when you read it so much that it's like, oh, somebody else raised from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> moving moving right along. Um, but you also see at the it's it's kind of an influential line, but you might miss it. Um, verse forty three. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, a tanner of hides. So tanning hides is an unclean job. So Jews are not allowed oh. to tan hides and Jews are not allowed to live with people who are tanning hides. And so we are seeing Peter kind of break down some of those cultural barriers um and and be more about spreading the gospel than sticking to his cultural norms. Yeah, that's cool. really good. I didn't even think yeah. I saw that at the end and I was like Simon a tanner of hides. Okay, cool. That's his occupation. Yeah. But no, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's why his occupation gets called out For because sure. it was like a little bit scandalous that yeah. Peter was staying at this place. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how Philip just like disappears? I love after that baptizing that guy poof, gone, <laughs> and then he like finds himself somewhere else. Uh-huh. I love that. Um, there is there's like a um, extra biblical tradition that this Ethiopian eunuch goes on to become like an incredibly influential person in the Ethiopian church. Interesting. And there's a really strong Christian tradition in the Ethiopian church. Um, and so some people point to this passage to say like, well, yeah, like this was a big part of growing the faith in Ethiopia, which is pretty cool. It was just like a guy on a road. Yeah. Yeah. A guy that was drawn to the gospel in some way 
And perhaps that's why Philip is like teleported there and teleported yeah. out. Like God's like, okay, this is important. This guy right here. Um, so we're gonna. And there's just, like so much going on. God's yeah. just like, I'm just gonna put you here for a second, and then I'm gonna put you yeah. here. I feel like this whole this whole passage today is all about like the people that are like sort of backing up other people. Yeah. Um, being called to do something, just like uh, Ananias to to Saul to or this guy that baptized the or Philip that baptized this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're just there to like work miracles, mm-hmm. but that will inevitably grow the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, there's some good stuff. And this ultimately, this is just chronicling, like the, the church movement is growing. It's going to start expanding. There's going to be persecution. Yeah. But we're going to use your craziest persecutors to like build the church bigger. It's yeah. crazy. It's an exciting and challenging <sighs> time for the church. So uh, we'll be back again tomorrow in Acts 10. So we'll see you then. Bye. Acts 8, starting in verse 1. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church. In Jerusalem and all the believers, except the apostles, were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning, but Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone from the least to the greatest often spoke of him as the Great One, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time he had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believe Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles that Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for those new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had not yet been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on people, he offered them money to buy this power. Let me have this power, too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people, they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part of this, for your heart is not right. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive your evil thoughts. For I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed, that these terrible things you've said won't happen to me. After testifying and preaching the word of the Lord in Samaria, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, and they stopped in many Samaritan villages along the way to preach the good news. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down to the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning, Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. 
The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you're reading? The man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this, He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, there is some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself further north at a town in Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats, and with every breath he was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way that he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice, but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, Go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, claimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem, and he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. Saul stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days, and immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem, they asked? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gates so they could murder him, but Saul was told after their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. 
Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus, and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarshish, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers. Meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place, and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Annas, who had been paralyzed and beridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Annas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll off your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Annas walking around, and they turned to the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing the kinds of things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid out in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lydda, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. So Peter returned with them, and as soon as he arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked them all to leave the room, and he knelt and prayed. Turning the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and presented her to them alive. The news spread through the whole town, and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon the Tanner of Hides. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.